Come on, do you feel the glory of God in this place? Let's love him. Let's worship him with all of our hearts. Come on, he's doing good things right now. Come on, when you consider the greatness of God, I can't help but give him great praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, come on, right now, right where you are, somebody love him. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's give him a hand clap of praise and a shout of victory. Come on, he's a good God. He's a good God. He's worthy of great praise. Hallelujah. Somebody shout unto him. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. At this time, we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school students and their teachers to their classrooms and believe in they're going to have a great time and learn the Word of God. Thankful for people that are faithful to teaching kids about Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning open to the book of Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8 and verse 22. Mark chapter 8 and verse 22. The Bible says this. And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, he put his hands upon him, and asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. He laid his hands on him and asked him how he saw things. And he said, I see men as trees walking. And Jesus didn't leave him like that. He laid his hands again upon his eyes. And he was restored and saw every el everybody else clearly. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Another touch from heaven. Another touch from heaven. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this house. Amen. Let's ask God to move in our midst to speak to us, to help us. Come on, that's it. Would you pray right now by the authority of the name of Jesus? I believe that today he's going to lay his hands again upon somebody's eyes. He's going to move in this place. Hallelujah. God's going to do, amen, what we could not do. Hallelujah, God, we give you glory. We give you praise. Jesus, you are able. You are able, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, to touch. You are able to heal. You are able to make whole. Come on, somebody. If you want to be made whole, why don't you worship him in this house? In the wonderful name of Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. God bless you. You may be seated.
Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Another touch from heaven. The Bible says that Jesus came to a place called Bethesda. Bethesda is a location that Jesus often frequented. It was not a, a place that you read of one time and then you never hear of it again. It was one of his main ministry points. The Bible would let us know that Philip was from Bethsaida. It would also let us know that, that Peter and John were from Bethsaida. They all came. This area that Jesus went to was more than just a city. It was a place in which he came to win people over. It was a place of ministry where he won people, if I could put it in our terms, he won people to God. Amen. This place called Bethesda is not just a blip on the map in Scripture, although nowadays you may not find a single stone uh, that would represent the city. In Scripture, it was a, a, a powerful place. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 20, it lets us know that Jesus began to re rebuke and upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done. This place called Bethesda was not just a place that Jesus just went through on a detour and only came by one time. We scripturally know that it was outside of Bethesda that Jesus fed the thousands with a little boy's fish and bread. Amen. It was there in Bethesda that he performed many mighty miracles that we don't have recorded. And he began to rebuke this city. He rebuked because even though they had seen many mighty miracles, the Bible says they repented not. And he said, Woe unto you, Chorazin, woe unto you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and in Sidon, they would have repented long ago with sackcloth and in ashes. When Jesus came to Bethesda, there was no shortage of miracles. People knew Jesus to be a miracle worker. They knew that Jesus was coming and he would heal all manner of sickness and disease when he came to town. Amen. But yet, even though he had performed many mighty miracles, he preached and he taught the word of God. And there were people in Bethesda, that Bethsaida, that said, we will not change at all. And Jesus began to rebuke them because after all that they had seen, it would be understandable for some people that had not seen mighty miracles, that had not seen God do great things, it might make logical sense for them to not believe who Jesus was. But Bethsaida had seen miracle after miracle. And the Bible would not talk about it. Amen. Any miracle to me is a mighty miracle. But when you look at it from a scriptural standpoint, amen, when he performed miracles in Bethsaida, they were mighty 
powerful miracles. They had no excuse not to believe the gospel. They had no excuse not to follow Jesus. They had no excuse not to take him at his word and to obey his word. And yet Jesus said, amen, that they refused to change. I think it's important for us to think back on our lives. And think back on all that God has done. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, well, he's not done a whole lot for me. Maybe you're in that category. But I would venture to say there's a lot more people here this afternoon that would be like Bethsaida that would say, God has been too good to me. Amen. Is anybody that can testify? I've seen too much. I've experienced too much. I know too much. Jesus has come by time and time and time again that if he's calling for me to change, I'm not going to stay the way I am. If Jesus can make a deaf man hear, he can make me to live right. If Jesus can open blinded eyes, then Jesus can help me see what his word says. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Amen. When we have experienced so great a salvation and so great a miracles, amen, we have a responsibility to those miracles, amen, to follow him at his word. But we see here that Jesus rebukes this city because they refuse change. They refuse, amen, to grow. They refuse to repent. They refuse to get right and align themselves with the kingdom of God. Amen, like we've been preaching about a lot around here. Amen, it's, it, God's been too, doing too many great things for us, ARC, to stay the way that we always are. We should always say, God, you're doing too great. You're too good. I'm going to keep moving forward. Man, I don't want God to ever stop coming by. I don't want God to ever stop showing up and pouring out his spirit. I don't want God to ever stop pulling. Because he looks at the place of repentance and says, amen, they see the miracles and they respond to the word. And when they respond to the word, I keep performing miracles. It's a cyclical moving of God. Amen. But then we come to our text. Jesus has rebuked them. And there is a blind man in Bethsaida. And this blind man has been there when Jesus has performed many mighty miracles. No doubt, although he does not have sight, he's got ears that work. He heard about what Jesus was doing not five states away. Not five cities away. And if we're not careful, we'll start thinking that God only moves elsewhere. And we miss what God is doing right where we are. But this man heard about miracles in his own neighborhood. And he heard that Jesus was coming by. He heard that Jesus was coming back to Bethsaida. Can I preach to somebody in spite of Bethsaida not repenting? After seeing so many mighty miracles and mighty works, in spite of them not doing things, Things 100% right. Let me tell you about the goodness of Jesus for a moment. The Bible says Jesus still came to Bethsaida. 
I thank God that he doesn't wait for me to get perfect. And I don't always hit it on the mark. And sometimes I miss it. But Jesus keeps coming by. And Jesus keeps working. Because he knows that eventually somebody is going to get it. Eventually somebody. Oh, somebody clap your hand and magnify him here today. still came by Bethsaida he did not stop to come to a place in which amen they had got so familiar with the miracles of Jesus that they no longer responded to the word of Jesus and we can't ever get to that place church we've got to make sure that when his word comes by amen whether we feel it or not we respond to this word and I love what we feel around here we've been having a mighty move of God but let me just say this for the times when you don't feel it amen just make sure that you go ahead and say Lord whatever you're doing in this season it might be a little different than last season I'm going to respond to your word because I remember the mighty miracles but there this man he's blind and, and no doubt like everybody else that has been blind or suffering from some kind of ailment just like the woman with the issue of blood the Bible says of her that she spent all she had on physicians and on doctors and she only grew worse Amen. no doubt this blind man if he was given the opportunity at LASIK would have taken it if given an opportunity to go to the hospital and take a pill, he would have done it. And in his day, if there was an option, I have no doubt that this man would have spent everything he had. Family members would have contributed. And everything that was going on in his life, if it would have been sold, amen, and given up, if he would have had an opportunity to have his sight back, amen, this man didn't want anything else. What he wanted was to be able to see like everybody else, amen. And let me just say, there's some things that we take for granted, amen, that we just have normal, that we go about every day, that there's people that said, I would sell everything I had just to have what you have. Can I preach it from this standpoint? There's a world out there that's blinded by sin, that's walking, the Bible says, groping in darkness, not knowing where they're going. They got no direction, and they would sell anything. They'd skip any party, amen, just to have the ability to see, amen. And when we're in church here today, I want to tell you, you got sight. You got the light of the world. And here, this man, he understands, I'm going to stay this way for the rest of my life. Amen. If I don't find something outside of myself, I can't heal me. I can't deliver me. I've got to find there's some people think, and they would use this uh, humanistic ideology that you are the answer to your problems. And I want to help you. You are not the answer to your problems. Well, I need to go to a psychologist. Nothing wrong with that psychiatrist. Do your thing. Amen. But at the end of the day, if you go and you spend all your money and you can't get any better, amen, you've got to get a revelation this man had. He had tried everything and realized it won't work because there's some things that nothing on earth can fix. There's some things here on this world, amen, that no matter how smart we are, no matter how much pills you pop, no matter how many counseling sessions you get, you can't fix fix it here on earth what you need is you need a touch from heaven you need a divine intervention it's the only way 
Some people wonder why uh, there's actual blindness in the world. Uh, amen. It is a result of a fallen world. Uh, amen. Sin entered into the world and death by sin. Uh, but I want you to know that God uses all things uh, and he works all things together for our good. Uh, amen. It's not a fun thing. Uh, I'm not here to demean anybody that doesn't have the ability to see. Uh, but let me help you here today. Uh, amen. It's just another sign of the glory of God uh, that lets us know. Amen. That no doctor can fix this. That no physician can help. And I need God. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Come on, you can think in your mind. There's different situations. There's different areas where you know it was God letting you get the revelation and understanding that it cannot be fixed here on earth. You're going to need God. Somewhere God's got to give us a revelation of dependency. Because if we're not careful, we'll start thinking we can do it on our own. But then God allows, and some people don't understand this. They get frustrated at God. God allows things in the world. God allows things in life that, allow, that, that help us to realize that we cannot do this by ourselves. And that's why God sends a preacher by to tell you about Jesus so that those that though maybe they're groping through darkness and they don't know their way and they can't find the light of day, amen, they hear about Jesus and something strikes a chord in their heart and they say, whatever it is, I got to give it a try. I've tried drugs and it didn't help. I've tried relationships and it didn't fix anything. I've tried parties and it never changed anything. Amen. And they realize that Jesus is the only one can anybody testify that Jesus is the only one that made a difference in your life that Jesus is the only one he said I'm the way the truth and the life you can try every other angle but you won't find the way until you get to Jesus you won't find the path you're looking for until you get to Jesus oh somebody clap your hands and magnify him This man heard about Jesus and he had some good friends. I keep talking about that, but it's important who you hang out with. He had some people that led him to Jesus. You've got to get around people that don't lead you to the bar. They lead you to Jesus. They lead you. Amen. The Holy Ghost keeps prompting me back every single week because somebody needs to hear it. You need to be led to Jesus. It's the only... There's people that got friends that say, hey, pop this. Hey, inject this. Hey, smoke this. What you need is somebody saying, hey, come to the altar. Hey, pray with me. Hey, let's have a prayer meeting. Hey, let's go ahead and read our Bibles. Let's sit down and talk about God. That's the kind of people you need. Man, it's this, these people that led him to Jesus. And they could only take him so far. They got him to Jesus. Amen. People will lead you as far as they can, but there comes a point where we got to put your hand in the hand of Jesus and you got to walk with God. And that, that place where he gets his hand in the hand of Jesus, I want you to notice Jesus did something unique. Every miracle of Jesus was a little different. He didn't want anybody to say, here's the formula for the miraculous. But at the same time, he does something a little different here. He takes the man by the hand. And I want you to know what he does. The Bible records that he led the man out of the city of Bethsaida. This is interesting. Jesus is not diminished anywhere he is. 
He is God everywhere. It doesn't matter where you, where you put him. He's God and God all by himself. He's not diminished by anything, anybody, any situation. Amen. I, I got testimonies of people that were at the club. They were at the bar and God began to speak to them. God's not diminished in those circumstances. Amen. But there is something unique we can learn about God. He grabbed the man by the hand and he said, come on, we're getting out of Bethsaida. Because I don't want to do another mighty work and a mighty miracle in this city. And them never repent and never change. What he was telling the man was this. I'm going to take you by the hand and I'm going to lead you out uh, of the surrounding, amen, group that thinks uh, that you can just have mighty miracles. Uh, shout on Sunday but never change on Monday. Uh, because if I, if I heal you here, you'll die here. If I... Your body might be healed, but your soul won't be saved. And God grabs him by the hand and says, Amen, I want your body to be healed, but I want your soul to be saved. I want to get you up out of... Jesus has the power to heal anybody anywhere at any time. Jesus has all authority to deliver people. But Jesus will not heal people at all places and at all times. Jesus will lead people out. Imagine for just a moment if God would have told Israel, you can sacrifice in Egypt. They would have forever been slaves in Egypt and yet felt like they had worship of God. But he said, no, no, I've got to lead you out of here. We've got to first find out before you're able to see, are you leadable? Are you teachable? Will you put your hand in the hand of Jesus and let him lead you out? This is a greater test on whether or not you're going to make it to heaven than whether or not Jesus did anything great in your life. It's whether or not he puts his hand out and you join your hand with his and you walk with him. Well, I preached a great message one time. Doesn't matter. Did you put your hand in his and are you still walking with him? Well, I laid hands on the sick Jesus. He said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you because somewhere along the lines, they, they took their hand out of the hand of Jesus. And God is raising up a church in, in, in Carson City that is putting their hand in Jesus' hand. And they're saying, lead me, Lord, I'll follow. And you can try to shake me, but I'm not letting go. You can try to run away, but I'm going to run with you. Amen. Jesus, wheresoever you go, that's where I'm going. Amen. If you lead me in the paths of righteousness, that's where I'm going. If you lead me through the valley of the shadow of death, that's where I'm going. Why? Because i got my hand in yours. I'm leadable, Lord. I'm teachable. Guess what? When you put your hand in his hand and you follow him, you're a candidate for the miraculous. You're a candidate for... God to do something great God lead me out of that relationship God lead me away from those friends God lead me out of that group oh somebody praise him hallelujah Jesus said grab take me by the hand I'm going to lead you I'm going to take you out of where you are some people pray for God to heal them and then he starts leading them and they get a little confused about that because that wasn't exactly their prayer request. I just want you to bless me because right now I'm broke. I just want you to heal me because right now I'm sick. I just want you to do, and, 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 and sometimes we treat God like a vending machine. 
That's not how God is. That's not how he works. And what he does, he just extends his hand. And he says, put your hand in mine and see what I'll do in your life. Because I don't want to just give you money because you're broke. I want to give you a blessed life. I don't want to just heal your body because you're sick. I want to give you health. Amen. That, that keeps you going. I want to give you long life. I want to bless you beyond your wildest imaginations. But true blessing doesn't just come from the immediate. It comes from walking with Jesus. Oh, somebody lift up your hands. Let's magnify him. He's in this house right now. He's extending his hand to some folks, and he's saying, if you put your hand in mine, you're about to see the miraculous. You're about to see your life turn around. If you put your hand in mine, I'll change things, and you'll never be the same. If I heal you in Bethsaida, they won't repent, and then you won't repent. You won't change. So what i got to do first is I've got to, I gotta, I gotta remove you from some situations, and I've gotta remove some situations from you, and I've gotta remove you from some relationships, and I've gotta remove some relationships from you. And this ain't my first rodeo. I've seen people come to God, and Amen, time and time again, it's like God is Amen doing something, and He's shaking people away from them and removing them from people, and they're getting confused and they don't know what's happening. I'll tell you what's happening. You decided to put your hand on Jesus's hand, uh, Amen, and and He's grabbing a hold of your hand and your heart at the same time, and He's leading you out. Jesus led him out of the town, and he did something so uncommon that most of us would get offended. The Bible says he spit in his eyes. Not only did he say, I will not heal you right here. you got to follow me. The man then follows him and then is trying to figure out what's going on. He follows him, and then when he gets where, he, where Jesus stops and pauses for a moment, they haven't even necessarily gotten to a destination. He just takes him out of the city, seemingly into the middle of nowhere, and then out of nowhere, Jesus spits in his eyes. That's in your Bible. Spitting has always been and will always be one of the most offensive things you can ever do to somebody. In fact, when they were beating Jesus, the Bible says they spit on him. It was a way to degrade him. Can you imagine this individual that said, I just wanted my sight. And here you are. You're taking me away from people. I want somebody to think about this for a moment. Put yourself in this guy's shoes. I wanted you to heal my eyes, and you took me away from my friends, and you pulled me out, and you separated me from all these things, and, and sometimes you went a little too quick, and I stumbled because I can't quite see where I'm going. Sometimes it seemed like you weren't going as fast as I wanted you to go to get where I wanted you to get to, and, and, and God, I, I was a little confused, and I was concerned about this little walk we had together, and then all of a sudden you stop in the middle of nowhere, and you spit on me. But the Bible never says that this man got offended at Jesus. The Bible never says that this man got mad. The Bible never says that this man looked at Jesus and said, I'm tired of this. I'm done with this. Amen. I quit. I give up. Amen. No. This man looked right back at Jesus as best he could and said, Lord, whatever you do, just Lay your hands on me and give me my sight back. I don't care how I feel right now. I'll feel gross. I'll feel dirty. Whatever I got to do, I want to get healed. Whatever I got to go through, I want to be delivered. Somebody needs to get the tenacity of this man that says, you won't offend me out of heaven. I got to be saved. Nobody's going to make me bitter and walk away from Jesus or let my hands slip out of his my healing is more important than my feelings. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. My healing is more important.
important than my feelings. Amen. How I feel right now, it might it's not an indicator of what he's doing in my life. What I'm going through right now is not a determination of what is going to happen in the future. But God, whatever you're doing, keep working on me. Whatever you're doing, Lord, don't ever let go of my hand. Keep laying your hand on me. Oh, somebody lift up your hand, so let's magnify him. Come on, there's some folks right now. You got to get beyond your feelings. I know it's hard. We can't always control them. They come when we don't want them to. And sometimes we look up to heaven. We shake our fists because we don't like what we're going through. But it's all part of the process of you being changed. It's all part of the process of you becoming a Christian. It's all part of the process of you becoming what God is calling you and what he's telling you you ought to be. He doesn't understand what's going on. Jesus never gives an explanation before or after. Some of us would file a complaint with heaven's HR department. I want, I want a little compensation. I want to know what's going on. God doesn't give explanations. You just got to be thankful he's working. Sometimes we don't like how he's working. But instead we ought to thank God that he is working. Because there's a lot of people in Bethesda. Bethsaida that aren't going anywhere. There's a lot of people in Bethsaida that aren't moving forward. There's a lot of people in Bethsaida that are still blind. There's a lot of people in Bethsaida that are staying the way they are and never changing and never repenting. And and, and God is saying, amen, because you took me by the hand, because you're willing to follow me, I'm going to do something unprecedented in your life, and I'm going to change you. Don't worry about everybody else. They don't got to go through this. Why? Because they don't want to change. They don't want to grow. They don't want to become. But I'm working on you may not be the way you like it, but we can all give God praise that he's still doing it. Sometimes we look and we think, man, God, why'd I have to get sick? He's working on you. It was all part of the healing. But why'd I go broke? It's all part of the healing. Why'd these people leave my life? It's all part of the healing. It's all working together for good. It may not have been good, but it's working together for good. Yeah, amen. Why this person have to die? It may not be. It may not have been good in the moment, but it's working together for good. And you got to trust that He knows exactly what He's doing. And after all of this, the man stands there flat-footed. Amen. He doesn't know what's going on. All he knows is it doesn't feel good right now. He feels a, he feels a little ashamed and a little embarrassed about the fact that Jesus spit on him and led him out in the middle of nowhere. Imagine leading a blind man in the middle of nowhere. He's used to Bethsaida. He knows how to get around. He knows what walls are going where. But you can leave him in the middle of nowhere. He doesn't know what's happening. All he knows is i got to trust this man I heard about. I don't know what he's doing, but I trust him. I don't exactly know what's going to happen, but I trust him and he gets out in the middle of nowhere and Jesus lays his hand on his head and finally something starts to change and for some reason this man who saw nothing he's looking and Jesus says son I want to I want to find out how you see 
How many times in the Bible did Jesus lay hands on the leper and they're made whole? How many times did he speak the word over somebody's life and they were, they were healed? Uh, how many times did he raise the dead? Three in the New Testament aside from himself. Uh, how many times did Jesus lay hands on Peter, mother-in-law, and she got healed right away? Uh, but when Jesus uh, got a hold of this individual, he laid his hands on his head, and it's the only time he asked him, uh, how'd the healing work out for you? It's the only time he asked him, uh, how is the miraculous power working in your life right now? Uh, and he says, how do you see in your life now? What is your perspective uh, now that I've laid my hands on you? Uh, what is your perception of the world around you uh, now that Jesus Christ has laid his hands on you? Uh, and, and this man looks back at Jesus uh, and he says, I got good news and I got bad news. The good the good news is I can see. The good news is I can see, and that's something I never was able to do. Amen. I'm better than I was. I'm better than I used to be. I'm better than I was in Bethsaida. I'm better than I was on the road. I'm anybody got that testimony? I'm better than I was. I'm better than I was. I'm better. But here's the bad news, Jesus. Everything's blurry. I can see, but only a little bit. I can see, Jesus, but everybody's, maybe I get a little too close and I can't see. Or maybe it's the other way around where when they're far away I can't see. All I know is that regardless of what I'm looking at it's a little blurry. And he asked the man how do you see? And he looked around and he looked at people that should be just like him. And when he looked at those people, you know what he said? He said speaking from his deficiency of being blind his whole life and just walking by and holding on to walls and holding on to trees and, and not exactly knowing how to describe things in the best of his ability. He begin to describe I see men uh, but they're like the trees I used to hold on to uh, they're bigger than I am they're stronger than I am they're more rooted than I am they're more grounded than I am uh, I don't know if I can ever be like them they're abnormal they're supernatural uh, I mean there's people that have come to church uh, and they've let Jesus lay their his hand on them one time uh, and they look around and they go there's no way I'll ever fit in church uh, there's no way I could ever do what that guy's doing up there uh, there's no way I could do what that lady's doing in the kingdom of God they're bigger than me they're stronger than me they've got something I don't they've got qualities and skills and abilities that I don't possess amen can I preach to somebody you're not seeing properly you're blurry Come on, somebody lift up your hands right now. We're, we're going to preach in the Holy Ghost right now. Some things are about to get laid. Jesus is about to lay his hand again on somebody, and they're going to walk out of this building looking different, thinking different, perceiving different. He looked up and he said, everybody else is different than me. Nobody struggles like I struggle. Nobody's fallen like I've fallen. Nobody's made mistakes. I, I'm preaching real good to some folks because right now you, you say, well, I'm a Christian. I, I let Jesus lay his hand on my life. But a true test on whether you've really got there is how you perceive everything around you. What is your worldview? How is everybody else? When you see somebody doing well, do you look at them and say, there's no way I can ever do that? When you see somebody that's accomplished, do you look and feel inferior? Or do you say, you know what? If 
if God did it for them, God can do it for me. What's your perception? What's your perspective? God, I can see, but I'm blurry. I can see, but my perception's off. I can see, but my perspective is not right. Somebody stand across the building, lift up your hands right now. Come on, that's where some folks are at right there. They got a touch from heaven, and they're better than they were. Come on, but better's not where he wants you to stop. He wants you to keep going all the way. Come on, that's it. Let's pray right now. He's just not, he's not trying to clean you up a little bit. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become as new. He wants to make a new creature out of you that's unrecognizable. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, that's it. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. God, I can see I'm better than I was. But does anybody have the faith of this man that says it can be better than better? I can go beyond better. God, I know you're capable of better than better. I know you're capable of more than this. And God, if you did it for them, you can do it for me. If you, if you work it in their life, you can work in my life. Jesus said, how do you see? He said, I kind of. My future is just so far away. I don't think I can ever get there. And when I think about the future, it's just so hazy and so fuzzy and so blurry. I, I don't think I can ever be. I don't ever think I can accomplish. I don't ever think I can go. I don't think I, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think your perception's off. You can see you're better than you were, but you're blurry. And today, Jesus is about to lay his hands again upon your life. Jesus could have been and looked at him and said, well, that's my miracle power. I just make people a little better than they were, and I leave them where they are. Good luck. Take your blurry self back to Bethsaida. Figure it out. Go file your paperwork. Tell me you're a little better than you were, but you're still messed up. No, no, no. The compassion of Jesus. And if you think God's compassion is any different now than it was then, he looks down at people that have been coming to church for years and they've gotten better. But he's saying, hold on, there's more for you. I've still got miracle working power that I want to do in your life. And my Bible says he laid his hands again upon the man's eyes and said, no, blurry is not good enough. Better is not good enough. It's not that it's not good, but I've got more for you. He laid his hands again upon his eyes. He said, now how do you see? And the Bible says he saw every individual clearly. His perception was fixed. Jesus doesn't just heal us halfway, folks. Well, I've been coming 20 years. I've been, I've been, had my hand in his for 20 years, and it seems like it's only gotten a little bit better. He's not done working. 
You've got to believe it, church. I, I just got to, you got to believe it. He's not done working. If you think the best is here and the best is not yet to come, you're missing it. You're missing it. Your perception's off. The best is not 20 years ago, five years ago. The best is yet to come. He's still got another touch from heaven that he wants to lay on you. But you and I got a decision to make. Do we accept better? Or do we strive for best? Do we accept good or do we go for great? There's a lot of people that walk away after their first touch from God because it got a little bit better, but they walk away blurry. They walk away without 2020 vision. There's some folks that need a 2020 readjustment. Amen. They need to be able to get some contact lenses from Jesus that'll make them see clearly. And they get just enough of the truth to see a little bit of light, but they can't see everything God has for them. They get one touch from God, and they think it's sufficient, and they walk away with a partial healing, even though this is the time and the only time uh, he did a partial healing at first uh, so that the man had an opportunity of whether or not to walk away half healed or to keep going and get the rest of his healing. Uh, and he wanted his people to know something about him. Uh, I'll touch you. Uh, I'll lay my hand on you, uh, and it get better, uh, and I'll do it again, and it'll get better. And I'll do it again and it'll get better. And there will come a day where you look and you say, how can it get better than this? And he'll lay his hand on you again and it'll get better and it'll get better and it'll get better. God gets better and better and better and better and better. The Bible says Jesus touched him. He laid his hands on him and he was restored. And he saw all men clearly. What do we learn about God from this? There's a difference between miracles and restoration. Miracles are immediate. They happen right then. But restoration is a process. But guess what? you got to keep going back to Jesus. You can't get touched by Jesus and say, well, I'll go back and try some other things. No, you go and you say, Jesus, if it got better when you touched me one time, what's going to happen when I go to that altar again? If I felt good when you touched me the first time, I'm going to go back to that altar and I'm just going to see what you can do. If you filled me with your spirit that one time at the altar, I wonder what you're going to do with my family. And when you get done, you look around and you see your family clearly. You see your job clearly. You see your church clearly. You see your family clearly. You see everything clearly because you've been restored by the hand of Jesus. Lift up your hands. I'm done preaching. Come on right now. When you come to this altar, what are you doing? You're saying, Lord, I thank you for making me better. I'm not complaining about that one bit. But today, I know you've got more for me. And I'm going to come to this altar, and I'm going to let you lay your hands on me again. And God, I'm going to see everything the way you see it. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? Would you make your way out of your seat and come to this front area and lift up your hands and begin to pray? Come on, I promise you, it gets better and better and better and better. Every time you pray, it gets better. Every time you worship, it gets better. Every time you come to church, it gets better. Every time you ain't, come on, something's happening right now. He's laying his hands again. Another touch from heaven is hitting you. Come on right now. It's all right to bring your blurriness and say, God, I've been blurry, 
My vision's been obstructed. I don't see things properly. My perception's off. It's okay to bring that to the altar and say, Jesus, would you lay your hands on me again? I want to see the way that you have designed me to see. Perfect vision. 2020 vision. I want to be able to see my future. I want to be able to see my family. I want to be able to see my church. I want to be able to see my ministry. I want to be able to see what you're doing in my life clearly. Come on, that's it as they sing. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. He's working right now. He's working right now in Jesus' name. Come on, maybe you let your hand slip out of his. Go ahead and put it back in there. He'll lead you where he wants to lead you. And he'll lay his hand on you. Maybe you let yourself fall down. He'll pick you up right where you are. He'll lay his hands on you and he'll help you.
Heaven. I need another touch from heaven right now. Never stop working. 